0: I've got the victory living inside of me. I got the great, I can't overcome. This ain't no time to turn back. No place to cross back. I gotta keep resting on till every battle is won. Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. With enough grace and enough faith, you can overcome anything. Nothing is too big or too hard. With enough grace and faith, You can receive anything. No miracle is too big or out of reach. And so Jesus talked to the people he ministered to. And to some he said, oh, ye of little faith. Uh, To some he said, how is it that you have no faith? But to a few, he said, great is thy faith. And those got amazing miracles that changed their life. Do you want to be in the latter group, the uh, great faith? Well, uh, there are actual things that govern these growth and affect your growth. And that's one reason we have a faith school. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come into the classroom, turn everything else off, give the Lord your full attention. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking for anointing, utterance, direction, answers, help. Open our eyes and help us to see truth and to learn your ways. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. amen. Would you please go to uh, 1 Corinthians 10 again? We're continuing in our study that we're calling overcoming unbelief. We have, we're learning that it is uh, an insidious evil enemy that will absolutely rob you of the blessings of God if you let it, this thing called unbelief. But the reason he's talking to us about it is so that we don't, so that we make the right choices and we give the enemy's things no place. We don't have to let the devil steal from us. We don't have to permit that. We can resist him. And if you resist him, Instead of giving in, if you resist him, what did the Bible say? He will flee. In First Corinthians 10 and 1 it says, Brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea, and baptized to Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual food, and they did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock. That followed or accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Everything that God directed and revealed in all the word of God is pointing in different ways to the Christ, to redemption. I mean, uh, and when you see it, it is so perfect the uh, graphic portrayals. And when you see it, um, you know, for instance, when there was the flood and the ark, well, uh, at one point, uh, Noah sends out a raven and the raven goes to and fro. Have you ever heard that language before? Mm -hmm. And then there was a dove. And then at one point, the dove came back, but then the dove stayed Uh, All of this is portraying the activities, one of the enemy, the other of the Holy Spirit and what happened with Joseph and his brethren and how he was revealed to his brethren the second time, but not the first. All of that is portraying Jesus and when he would come and what he would do and how it would work and for it to be portrayed so precisely centuries and even millennia before it happened, shows that this is not just any book. This is not like any other book. This is, came from inspiration and utterance from one who sees the end from the beginning. Can you say amen, class? Amen should make you confident that you can trust. You can trust everything in the Word of God. It is perfect. And if people think they found a a, a mistake in it, they just found something they don't understand. Because there are no mistakes here. None. Now there are plenty of mistakes in translations, but not in the original Word that God spoke. It is perfect. We see that He said, verse 6, these things were our examples to the intent we should not, and he lists several things, don't do what they did. And verse 11, he says, all these things happened to them for examples. They're written for our admonition. Go back to Numbers 20. We're now studying the 13th event in the 15 that are, are revealed from Exodus through Numbers. And it's at what we're calling the waters of strife, the waters of Meribah. Numbers 20 and verse 1, the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came to the desert of Zin. Miriam died and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation. It's a challenge. How about it, class? What's, what's a challenge? What's, huh? Got no water. What do we do? Got no money. What do we do? Got a problem with our body. Got a problem with our kids. Got a problem with our marriage. What do we do? It's a challenge. We don't know what to do. What is it? What is it? Class, help me out again. It's, a, it's an opportunity to demonstrate. Is that right? Our trust in our God. Anybody can fall in a heap on the bed Feel sorry for self and cry and say, there's no way and I just can't, I just can't, I just can't. Unbelievers do that. Anybody can do that. It takes no strength, it takes no courage, no faith. But to look up through your tears, to look up through the pressure and the challenge and say, God, I don't, I don't understand all this, but I know this, you're a good God yes. and I'm staying with you. Yes. I'm never leaving you. And you told me you'd never leave me. And so I'm trusting you to get me out of this. I'm trusting you to show me. See, we'll read just a minute where it says, when they they said, Why'd you bring us out here to die? And verse 6 Moses and Aaron went and they fell on their faces at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Why'd they do that? They're looking to God for an answer. They've done this over and over again, and every time he's given them the answer. And he does this time. He tells them how he's going to work a miracle that will give everybody water. And so instead of just, you know, jumping into the hopelessness with them, at one point they said, you know, we got to go. And then they left and went to the door of the tabernacle and just fell on their face in, uh, in humility. And showing respect to God. And what are they doing there? They're seeking Him. They're asking Him, What do we do, God? And He said, Take your rod, verse 8, gather the assembly together, speak to the rock before their eyes. Everybody say, Speak. Speak, speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. It'll give forth His water. Now, it takes. Um, especially depending on how much you've been walking by sight, it takes more faith to talk to it than to hit it. (laughs) Because see, hitting it, you're doing something. Right? You got some works involved to try to make this thing go. And all you're going to do is just speak. And it's going to happen. I know years ago I I'd been ministering to people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I had struggled receiving myself because I grew up Pentecostal and was just taught to tarry, not necessarily to receive. And eventually I did by the mercy and grace of God. But because I had struggled to receive, when it came time for me to minister to other people to receive, Man, I'd like almost roll up my sleeves, you know, and, and I'm getting ready to, you know, because, and I'd pray and, you know, and I'm trying to help them receive. And, and uh, at one point, I was in a service and there was a line of people that had come to be filled with the Spirit. And, and I'm getting ready, you know, and, and the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me, He said, uh, uh, Don't touch them. Just say, Be filled. And then step back out of my way. <laughs> well, can, can you see what's going on? See, I'm thinking that my sweating and my praying is going to help them, you know, but really, I'm just affected by my struggles that I had receiving. Am I the baptizer in the Holy Spirit? Huh? No. So no amount of Keith sweat <laughs> is going to help people get filled. And so is it going to take more faith, though, to do this hands-off? Yes. Can you see that? Yes. I, so I knew what he said. He said, just say, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then you know, step back and let the baptizer and the Holy Spirit do what he does. And your mind's thinking, Will anything happen? You know, I mean, no fanfare, no shouting, no sweating, no. I did. Can you imagine what happened? Hmm? I just said, okay, be filled in Jesus' name. One by one, I started talking in tongues, talking in tongues right down the way. And I thought, okay, I see what you're doing, Lord. And can you see what he's saying here? There's part of that, but there's actually much more. Because previously, he had told him to strike the rock. Do you remember that or not? There, back in Exodus, the 17th chapter, there was a very similar situation. Now, these are two different situations, but they had no water. And in Exodus 17 6, he had told him, I will stand there. Upon the rock in Horeb, and you shall smite the rock, and there will come out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders. And that time he got it exactly right. He hit the rock, and the waters begin to gush and just blast out. We saw a couple of lessons ago in several places in the Psalms, this is no trickle. These are streams. Said it ran like rivers. Will it have to be. To be enough water for two million people. And all their livestock. But. He tells him to smite the rock. In Exodus 17. Here he tells him what. Speak. To the rock. We'll come back to numbers 20 again. 20 and 8. He said take the rod. Gather the assembly together, you and Aaron, your brother, and speak to the rock before their eyes. And it will give forth his water, and you shall speak forth to them, you'll bring forth to them water out of the rock, and give the congregation and their beast drink. Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? Did the Lord tell him to say that? No. Did he tell him to do that? No. And you can see it's wrong, but what follows, he lifted up his hand with his rod and he smote the rock twice. Did the Lord tell him to do that? No. No. He specifically told him to speak to the rock. And water came out in spite of that. And the people, congregation drank and, and the beast drank. But verse 12, immediately, Moses and Aaron are in trouble because the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and says, Because you believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. What does that mean, sanctify? To sanctify means set apart, distinguish, show as holy or separate. See, Moses said, you hear that phrase, must we bring water out of this rock? That's acting like he had something to do with it. Like he was doing it. And then hitting the rock, like he's going to make it come out. And so, and, and that didn't distinguish that the Lord did it. And that he, he did it the way he told him to. But then again, what is the big deal about speaking versus hitting when the last time he told him to strike? Do you remember our text? That rock was Christ. Huh? Everybody said out loud again. That rock was Christ. Um, notice, go with me to Hebrews, the seventh chapter. Hebrews chapter seven, and you'll see something that's uh, that becomes obvious as we get into it. Hebrews seven twenty-seven, talking about our great high priest Jesus, and and Aaron the high priest is a type of Jesus, our high priest, and it says Hebrews seven twenty-seven, Jesus. He needs not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once. Come on, can you see that? When he offered up himself. Go to Hebrews the ninth chapter. Hebrews nine and you'll find there keeps being a repetition of this word. Hebrews 9, 12, it says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once. That word, if you look up the word in the Greek, it specifically means upon one occasion only. One occasion only. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Skip down to verse 25. Verse 25 says, Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest enters into the holy place every year with the blood of others. Verse 26, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now... Once, (laughs) in the end of the world, has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself, and as it is appointed unto men, once to die, and after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Hallelujah. Then in Hebrews 10, 10, he even says it again, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ Christ, once for all, it was right, in type an example, to hit the rock one time. Is that right? Not hit it again later. Certainly not hit it two more times later. Why? Because he was stricken for our offenses. Is that right? He was smitten. He was struck. He was hit, but only one time. Is that right? And that once and for all paid for our sins, obtained an eternal redemption. And forever after, it's only through speaking. Hallelujah. It's only through speaking and preaching the gospel and confessing Jesus and receiving. And then the waters flow. Hallelujah. The the waters flow with the waters of life, eternal life. Can you see How would Moses know that? He wouldn't know that. He wouldn't know that. He he wouldn't have realized why he hit the rock the first time. But do you need to know? Uh Uh-uh. You just need to obey. Is that right? Knowing God has good reasons, eternal reasons, For everything he tells us to do, should we take God very seriously and listen carefully and endeavor to do exactly what he says, the way he says, and not change things. Oh man, it's a problem with people changing things. People go, well, what's wrong with doing it this way? And other folks say, well, hey, the water came out. No, they're in trouble, aren't they? Because, he said, you you rebelled against my word. Go back to Numbers, or if you're still there. Verse 12, he said, and the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, because you believed me not. Is this unbelief? Yeah. And it's not the people. It's Moses. And it's not just Moses. It's Aaron too. They were in this together. They knew better. But because of strife around them, and they got mad, and they were tired of this whole thing, and he said, you didn't believe me, and you didn't sanctify me, you didn't do it the way I told you, and and demonstrate that it was me doing it. You brought yourself into it. Must we bring water out of this rock? He said, because of that, you, you won't bring this congregation into the land which I've given them. This is the water of Meribah. The water of strife. Is strife dangerous stuff? Yes. Can it infect you? Yes. Can it influence you? Must you stay out of it? Yes. Somebody said out loud, I must. I must. Stay out of strife. Stay out of strife. I must, I must. I must. Not, allow not allow myself to get sucked into it. We're children of the light. Amen. We're children of peace. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Let the peace of God that passes understanding. Keep your heart and mind. Strife's the opposite of peace. Yes. Peace is the manifestation. That's why the Holy Spirit came in the form and shape as a dove. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Not as an attacking hawk. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is it because God is weak? And then how much power? He's just a little dove. No, no, he's mighty, mighty. But he he doesn't come overpowering, scaring you, blasting you away. It's the enemy who, 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 when his presence is manifest, there's no peace. It's just agitation and torment and vexation. This is the atmosphere of hell. It's not just the heat that makes hell, hell, is the total devoid and absence of any peace, or any joy, or any light, or any life, that's hell. And there are manifestations of hell on earth, just like there are manifestations of heaven on earth, and strife is a big one, fighting, and angst, and torment, strife is of the enemy. And like, like you need to say like Abraham, I won't have it. I is that right? I, I refuse. He, let there be no strife. We're not going to have it. He was willing to, to, to take great expense if that's what it took, but we're not going to live like that because that's no way to live. And so he, he tells them that. He said, these are the waters of strife because the children of Israel strove with the Lord and then also Moses and Aaron got involved. Well, skip down to uh, verse 22. And uh, the children of Israel, they came from Kadesh and the Lord spoke to Moses and said, uh, Aaron is going to be gathered to his people. And he will not enter the land that I've given because you rebelled against my word at the waters of strife, waters of Meribah. Take Aaron and Eliezer, his son, bring him up to the mount, strip Aaron of his garments. Aaron will be gathered to his people and will die there. Moses did as the Lord commanded. He he took Aaron's priestly robes and garments and mitre and and the ephod and all, and he put them on his son, and, and Aaron died right there on the mountain. And they all came down and saw that Aaron was dead, And they had a mourning of 30 days. But the Bible said Aaron was gathered to his people. Do you know your people? And people you know that's already gone to be with the Lord. They'll meet you and greet you when you arrive. You'll be gathered together with your people. And of course, the main one you want to see, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. But until then, can we stay out of strife? What do you think? Yes. Can we not let it infect us and cause us to doubt and judge and, and wind up getting robbed like they did? We got, we've got a lot of input these last number of weeks. Can we stay out of unbelief? Yes, Can we walk in love yes. and walk in faith yes. and stay in it and enjoy the blessings of God in this life until we graduate to the next? Yes, Everybody said out loud. I will. I will. Walk in, love. Walk in love. I will. I will. Walk, in faith. Walk in faith. I will. I will. Enjoy, the of God Enjoy the blessings of God. And the plan of God. And, of God. and the benefits of God. Benefits of God in, this life. in this life. I will not be robbed. Not be robbed. By unbelief. By, unbelief. By, the grace of God. by the grace of God. I will prevail. I will prevail. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, keep talking like that. Tomorrow and the next day and the next, and you will make it all the way. Our time's up again. Aren't you thankful for the Word of God? Aren't you thankful for the light and truth that makes us free? Well, come back next time. There's always so much more to see. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. sure enjoyed being with you again this week. The Lord's taken us from faith to faith, I believe. I always like to, at the end of the week, uh, speak and and pray over our partners. I know many of you are partners with us. You pray for us. You believe with us, even so into the ministry. And that's a big part of what uh, keeps these things going. And that gives us a right, Phyllis and I and our staff, to believe with you for your material things and, and your needs to be met. One thing we were seeing in the lessons uh, this week is the evil of strife. You know, the Bible said in 1 Peter 3, uh, talking about husbands and wives treating each other well and in love and with respect so that your prayers wouldn't be hindered. And if you want want your bills to be paid, you want to be in good shape financially, you got to stay out of strife. And if you have been fighting and fussing and carrying on, Got to repent. So let me pray over you and let's get the door closed so the enemy is not able to interfere. Father, all of us submit ourselves before you and we say, Forgive us, Lord, for fussing, fighting, arguing, for allowing any strife in our households or our businesses or our churches or ministries. We acknowledge that's not you, that's the enemy, and we don't have to let it happen. And we stop it. We close the door on it right now in Jesus' name. And we say, get out of here, fear and enemy and strife. We ask for your mercy. We ask for your help. We ask that you'd cause all our partners to recover in their finances. And we speak increase over them and call every need met and every bill paid in Jesus' name. That's what we're believing with you, and we will see it come to pass. Well, until next time, come back to Faith School. We're coming on up. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School, free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website, or call us at 941-702-7390.